Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark movies from our different perspectives, mine being from the romantic side. And mine being from the technical filmmaking side. And today we are talking about the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries spring movie, The Presence of Love. Mm -hmm. That's presence, not presence. Because I thought there might be gifts in this one. There were not. (laughs) The only gifts we had were a lot of tears. Yes. The gift of crying is what this movie gave us. Um, Yeah, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, you guys know that usually these are the more serious ones. A lot of drama, a lot of sadness, a lot of heartbreak. Um, and uh, yeah, this one delivered on some on some sadness. Yes, uh, this one tackled a lot of issues, uh, very deep, uh, sort of mm-hmm. intense yes. <laughs> feelings and, and issues. Uh, so, with that said, Stephanie. Yes, Hamilton. Is this movie one that you would maybe love to watch again, curled up on the couch with a blanket and a box of tissues? Is I'm this, always curled up. Well, I guess that because I'm watching the we're movie. Watching movie. We're watching movies. We're watching movies. It's not like you're, you're what, like standing up watching a movie. Hey, you've said some pretty outlandish <laughs> things that I all would true, be doing while watching movies. Uh, or is this one that maybe you would just have on the background while you're chasing our little puppy around? Or is this one that maybe maybe it's a little too sad for you? Maybe you don't want to watch this one again. Well, yes. As emotional as it was, I would definitely watch this movie again okay i will go as far to say that i loved this movie wow i very i very much loved (laughs) l-o-v-e okay i very much enjoyed it it just it gave me all the feels and and yeah we'll we'll get into all the things that that made me feel lots of feelings uh but what about you uh, for me, this is just going to be a background one. No, no yep. way. Yep. Only because, only because it's, it's just not my type of movie. Only because the, the drama was just really heavy on it. Um, a lot of personal issues and just, I, I just don't, um, I don't gravitate toward those types of films. Um, but I will say it has nothing to do with the film itself. Has nothing to do with the film itself. It's more of a, a personal preference for me. This is not my favorite type of movie to watch. Uh, but I, I will say, and we, again, we'll break this down. I will say it was done extremely well, acted extremely well, written all the, the tick boxes for me, uh, but it's just not my kind of movie. So this is going to be a background one just for that beautiful cinematography in the, in the film. Wow. Well, I guess I'll be watching this one by myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll just be running boxes of tissues to you at all times. Yeah. Well, see, I feel like you had said you would have watched like five more minutes again. To me, that one was way more like sad and emotional than this one, which this one was very emotional, right. but it was it was more like heartfelt. I mean, that one was heartfelt, too, but. I don't know. This one to me, I mean, you were totally entitled to your are opinion. You, are you trying to change my opinion? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> I would, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised. Yeah, sure. Well, let's go ahead and then maybe you can convince me with your, your wonderful plot summary. Let's have you let's have you break down this, this tearjerker. <laughs> it was so much more than just a tearjerker <laughs> no, movie. No. Uh, here we go. Joss is a literary professor who travels to England for her birthday after receiving a ticket from her late mother. She visits the old cottage where her mother grew up and meets Daniel, the farm owner. She bonds with Daniel and his family, and her stay opens her eyes to a life she thought she could never have, a life of being present to experience everything around her, including love. That's really good. That was, that was really, really good. 
Thank you. I hope one day Hallmark just hires you to reuse <laughs> these plot descriptions for them. Like that was that was great. That was great. Yeah, yeah, that was a wonderful plot summary. Let's obviously, there's a lot more to the movie. Obviously, but obviously, uh, let's go ahead and talk about our two main leads then. Yes, we have Eloise Mumford who plays Joss and. She is a favorite of ours here yes. on the podcast. We love all of her movies. We really do. She's adorable. I'm trying to think. Is there one that we don't like that we've seen? I don't know if we've seen all of them, but no. from the majority, seen. yeah, okay. we've loved them. She's adorable. She can do emotion well. Um, she just, I feel like every movie I see with her, I just like fall in love with her all over again. Yeah. And I thought this role was perfect for her. Yeah, it really was a perfect role for her. I mean, she brought the emotion in. They would do these nice, tight shots on her with the uh, English landscape in the background, the foggy landscape. Her hair was wet. Like, it's just complete emotion there. Beautiful shots of her um, on a nice little tight shot. And, um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and I feel like this was kind of like a tricky role for her. A lot more depth to this character um, in dealing with her anxiety and everything. Yeah. And I thought she, you know, played it beautifully. Yes. I mean, the anxiety thing, I mean, it was tough for me, you know, uh, I, I suffer from anxiety. And so seeing it kind of portrayed on the screen was a little, little off for me. I know there are different types of anxiety, so it was, but it was hard for me to connect with her a little bit. I mean, I think reaching for the, the pill case, you know, and her little disconnect from reality, the camera, you know, would shake, you know, the sounds and everything. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was strange. Her anxiety, I wish they would have touched on a little bit more because I had a, I had trouble kind of connecting with that. Okay. Well, we'll we can talk about that. I have my own fe- feelings and theories of, of that whole thing. But let's, before we jump into all of that, let's talk about our, our male lead, Daniel, who is played by Julian Morris. And I really enjoyed him. Yeah, he was awesome. He was absolutely awesome. I've seen him before. Well, you have too. You may not remember. He was a new girl for a short while. He dates Jess. Um, really? Yeah, I think he's a teacher. I think he's a teacher in that one. I don't know. They date him. for a little bit. He's, I mean, he plays, I mean, he is English, but right. he's in there and I, I think he has to like go away or something. I don't quite remember the story. Wow, I don't remember that. Okay. But um, I think his name is Ryan. Yeah, I knew he looked familiar. I just couldn't place him. All and right. he also was in Pretty Little Liars, which you which never watched. Which I have not seen. <laughs> but um, I've always thought he was very handsome and obviously loved the English accent and he he was great for this role. I loved these two together. Yeah, he was phenomenal. They they were both great together. Their chemistry was, you know, through and through. The only thing I will say is is a costuming choice and it was the the cap that he wore. It reminded me too much of the Irish film. Um <laughs> so it just it remi- kept reminding me of the Irish, you know. And uh, what was that? That's Luck of the Irish, is that the one? As luck would have as it. As luck would have it, yeah. So that was my only only note, was a costuming note, was that I think the hat was just a little too much. Let's give him a different hat. Only only Irish people can wear those hats? Yeah, because I mean, it's the same kind of vibe, you know, like the misty moors, the landscapes here. Well, I, just, I mean, it is similar. I mean, they're both in Europe and right. that's, you know, it has that feel. I want something fresh, fresh for him. Give him, give him his own hat. I enjoyed the hat. <laughs> I thought he looked cute in the hat. I love. Oh, he looked good in it. It looked good in it, but yeah. the uh, the meat cute though. It's it's more of a meat save, a meat rescue, a meat, a meat life save. Yeah, we got to come up with something clever. Yeah, well, I jotted down a meat life save. I said I said clever. <laughs> I mean, we can workshop it, but um, a meat save. A meat save. Ooh, <laughs> I don't like that, but let's go with that. So we have a meat save here. 
<laughs> so wrong. Uh, where he literally pulls her from getting hit by a car. And they've played this sort of gag. Uh, I say gag. They've played this sort of scene in a few other movies where you have an American in England and they don't look the right way and they almost die. But this way, oh man, he just comes in and swoops her, swoops her away. I mean, what more could you ask for? Someone who's just saving your life yeah. right from right from the start, you know, literally grabs her off the street. Um, and then, and just the looks that they give each other immediately. I'm just like, okay, yeah, the, this couple is definitely going to work. Mm -hmm. Even from the previews, I felt like I could feel the chemistry, but there definitely was, um, and throughout the whole movie, I felt like there was just, uh, like a special quality to the film. And part of that was the relationship between these two. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we see, uh, he does something with his eyes when he looks at her, when he pulls her away and looks at her. Um, I, I wish I could go back and kind of look at what he does, but I noticed it right away that there was like a, a change in his complete expression when he sees her and it was beautiful. It, it's love. Is it love? Is that what I saw? Yeah. Love at first sight. Uh, it was beautiful to see and they really, really bring that in. Love at first save. Love at first save. The meat save. I'm sure saves he saves a lot of women on that street, but. A lot of American was... women just coming in and yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick though, you know, one of the things about this film is, is the intro. Like they do this neat little super eight uh effect where it's her mother in england you know and they, they want it to look vintage and, and uh retro uh what did you feel about that i loved it yeah and i i was like oh he's gonna say it's not authentic vintage film reel no well, you can't take the words out of my mouth i mean obviously it's not gonna be actual eight millimeter it, it, it would have been super eight. Super eight. It would have been super eight footage. Obviously, I think you know for for what it was. I think it was still cute. I yes. I I still enjoyed it, and it, it was different for a Hallmark movie. It it was different. It was cute. They you know we have her reading the poem over top of the footage, and they actually did a nice effort to try and make it look uh, like super eight footage. Uh, but they could have gotten a camera. They could have gotten a Super 8 camera. They could have had that film developed. It, it, it's possible. It's not as hard as they, they want you to believe. It's it's possible. This was a big film. I think they <laughs> they need to put their time and energy into other, okay. right. fair, other places. Fair point. But we do like something new. Instead but of just no. like the font over top of like a cityscape, it looked nice. Absolutely. I was like poetry, vintage, quote unquote, vintage <laughs> film, footage reel. Like I, I liked it a lot. You know, I feel like we have to talk about the the location of yeah. this film. I know you said it reminded you a lot of the Irish film, but right. you know, a lot of these like landscapes can kind they, of, they like, are close to each other. Yes. They are relatively close <laughs> kind to of each like other. similar, but you know, we love a good on location, a nice destination. Oh, yeah. If it's done well, some have been on location and not done it, well. We couldn't we, even tell. We won't, we won't name names, but if you listen to the podcast, you knew what we're talking uh, about. This one, you definitely could tell. Yeah. And it was just so dreamy yeah, for me. Like I just loved it. Like, there was like fog and haze. It was like and constantly raining. Beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. I loved that yeah. aspect of it, that it was rainy. I don't know if they loved that when they were <laughs> making it, but it just added that level of authenticity. Yep. And I was just like, Cornwall, take me away. Like this is, that's like a dream place that I would love to go. So that to me was like a character in itself. And I love when that happens. And it just brought so much to the feel of the film. I could not agree more with you. I mean, even the sheep. The sheep played a role in this film, too. There was a scene where uh, Joss is laying on a picnic blanket with Tegan, and, you know, uh, it's in the field, and there's literally sheep right behind them, like 
so close they could touch them. So authenticity is a great, great word for it. I mean, the scene where they're building the wall too. I mean, it's just gorgeous. I mean, it was almost to me, like I said, you really took the words out of my mouth for a lot of this, but it reminded me, it reminded me of the, uh, the artist, um, I think it was like Casper David Friedrich who would paint those landscapes with like the person, you know, looking out onto it. Um, uh, what was the one, you know, the one, like there's a guy on the, on the cliff side and there's like a, a sea of fog below him and it's all existential. There's literally a shot of her on a cliff edge looking out and yeah. there's like fog. Like, so it really like harkened back to that. And I was, I was here for it. I loved it. If you're going to the trouble of traveling to a place, feature it and they featured it. Yeah. And speaking of Tegan, uh, supporting cast in this movie was great. And yeah, it was. especially we have to shout out Amy Sharp who played Tegan. I thought she was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfection. She was the cutest. She just played that part so well. I thought she was his daughter. It the was whole time. so like, believable. It was great. How she delivered her lines, like everything was just so genuine and yeah. she was just the cutest. Yeah, she really, she really was just fantastic work. And a lot of those, those landscape shots that we saw looked to be drone shots. And usually I'm not a big drone fan. Usually you can tell that it's a drone. It's not piloted well. You need to hire a good pilot to handle these drones to get some really fascinating shots. And they did some really neat ones, especially in the beginning. We have a drone shot that kind of pulls back and reveals the cottage really wonderful it was almost like it was on a um like a crane almost but really good drone footage it must have been piloted great so just overall wonderful to watch just a treat to watch yes i agree i thought that the drone shots there was like a different even i think there's a scene where with like a car with like showing the car like from above uh like mm -hmm. going through like the winding yeah. roads yeah. and yeah i just thought it was done really well it felt a little it, like you said it felt different than what like normal drone normal b-roll yeah. drone shots <laughs> yeah. that you get yeah exactly um, now there was a, a car scene that was a little Ooh. a little wonky though. Uh, yeah, there was a, a big a big wonk. I know I, technical is not my forte. I mean, but this was this was green screen city, green screen not done well. Uh, there must be something with the actor's contract about not actually driving. So yeah, they have to do green screen, and it did not look good. There was a shot of the dog in the front <laughs> seat. It looked out of a horror movie. It looked it, it looked scary. awful. I don't, I don't know what happened there. I think I shot you a look like, what yeah, was that? Very jarring. Just cut that scene. Just cut that scene next time. But I mean, really, overall, I think the camera work was fine. Uh, other than that, we did get a little bit of a, a wandering camera at times where you could tell the camera just moving slightly in the scenes. Not a huge fan of that style, but that's you know the only real complaint I have for it. Um, well, yes, the the great di direction and cinematography for this movie goes to McLean Nelson, who uh, was the director. We've seen him before. Um, he directed Every Time a Bell Rings, mm -hmm. which I love that movie, and then a few other hallmarks that we also enjoyed. So great job, I think, uh, with this one on such a big scale. I think he did a, a wonderful job. And then Ciaran... Tannum mm -hmm. uh, is the cinematographer. Great work, yeah. Yeah, they both did an excellent job kind of bringing this film to life, especially on location. I think it's it's difficult to shoot a film when you're on a location like this, and they did a wonderful, wonderful job doing it. Going on a little bit more technical, I do want to call out the, the writer of this movie okay. because I don't know about you, but I personally really enjoyed the writing of, I this, did too. of no. this movie. I did. I did as well. I did as well. <laughs> Again, it's not that I don't think this movie is great like you do. 
it's just not my style and it's gonna make me sad when I watch it and I, I just can't do that. Yeah. Um, because it's written so well, it's gonna make me very sad. Yeah, I think uh, the writing goes uh, well with the romance as well. I just thought yeah. there were a lot of great lines, not only you know with the whole idea of poetry being a big part of this movie, but mm -hmm. I loved that because I love poetry and I loved this, you know, aspect of the movie that she recites poetry. And I just, I thought it was a great concept of the movie. It felt different. It felt fresh. And there were a lot of great lines. Uh, you mentioned when they were building the wall uh, in the movie. And I, I loved the line that, you know, she's having trouble writing this paper. And she says, I'd rather build a wall than bang my head against one. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me <laughs> laugh. And it was just like a lot of like little lines like that, that I just like really enjoyed throughout. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of cute little lines here. Um, and not just, just one off lines like that, but the interaction I, I feel like between the mother and son and also the mother and Joss. I think that sort of family dynamic, I, I'm not sure we've seen before. And if we have, it, it's been a minute, um, you know, uh, and it was played beautifully too, because it felt so authentic, so real to me, just very well done. Yeah, Samantha Bond, uh, who plays Gran, yes, I think she was fantastic mm -hmm. in this role. And I knew she looked familiar, uh, and I couldn't quite place her, but when I looked her up, she is from Downton Abbey. And so I was like, oh, yeah. Was she in uh, something else? Because I feel like I've seen her too. Um, and I have not seen Downton Abbey. <laughs> I'm not sure. I just saw Downton Abbey, and I was like, that's where I knew her from. But she, yeah, she did a, a fantastic job. Yeah, you, you kind of don't like her right away. You know, she's scary. Like Joss, we are very afraid of her. Very intimidating. Um, and that really just kind of permeates the entire time. And we have a scene with her later where we kind of start warming up to her a little bit. But, you know, for most of the movie, we are terrified of her. There's even a scene of her, like, in, in the house watching Daniel and Joss outside interact with each other. And it's super creepy. And she's just standing there watching them. So she, you know, she plays that part well. She does. And, you know, we we find out why she is so protective. And it's a pretty dark subject matter that I don't know that Hallmark has tackled quite this to this level. Like mm -hmm. maybe they've had like they've had, you know, marriages end and things like this. But Daniel's wife. Right. We don't we don't know what happened to her till maybe like three quarters of the way through, maybe about. So we find out that his, you know, he's a single dad and we don't know what happened to we, go ahead sorry we don't know what happened to his wife to tegan's mom right we assume she died because generally speaking that's that's usually what happened yeah. horrible accident or something. right she but, went out for some ice for a party and <laughs> never came back oh come yeah, on too break. soon too soon <laughs> Uh, but this one, I might say a tad more tragic yeah. that she didn't die. She just decided she didn't want to be in their family anymore. And right. she just leaves. He shows up one day and Tegan is with the nanny and there's like a letter and she's oh, a babysitter, gone. not even a nanny, not even a proper British nanny, just <laughs> the 13 year old girl down the street watching their child. That's who we have. I hope she was older than 13, but... <laughs> Yeah, really heartbreaking to hear this, and I and I was surprised that it was such like you know a, a topic that they that they broached. But um, you know, I commend them for yeah. going for going there. I do too. You know, I feel like we you know we we mentioned it before, but I feel like we need to address the anxiety 
mm-hmm. um, that Joss has, and you know they kind of enter, they they kind of introduce it in an odd way where she's talking to her dean, and she starts kind of freaking out a little bit. And I I didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. in that scene, uh, but we find out that she does have anxiety, and we find out the reason why is because her father was in a car accident and 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 died at a young age, and so she's had this forever, and she's kind of had to struggle with this throughout her life. Um, and, you know, I was saying before, like, I just, it was hard for me to connect with that. I think my anxiety is obviously a little bit different, but, um, I'm glad they, they brought it here and they're, you know, shining a light on, they went a little bit deeper than some of these other movies did. Yeah. I felt like, you know, you mentioned before that you think people are listening to our podcast. I'm always like, no, I don't think so. Well, when I saw that they had a lead, uh, that is dealing with anxiety in a big way, I was like, maybe they are (laughs) listening to us because there was another movie that the lead did have anxiety, but they didn't even use the word anxiety. They kind of just like danced around it. We're getting close. We're getting close. And this one, they went, they went all in. And I thought it was very important for them to showcase this. And I love that they, you know, talk about her being on meds and, you know, cause she's scared to go away. And her friend is like, you know what, you're going to be fine. Like, you know, you've got your meds and all these things. And so I just thought it was uh, really important for for this to be in this movie Um, because mental health is, you know, a big thing. And Mm -hmm. I so I commend this movie for for going for it and really tackling it head on. And I thought they did a great job with it. Yeah, no, I I, I think the fact that they they put this out here is is wonderful. I, I love to see more movies do this. Um, and you know, I said earlier that it was hard for me to connect because I think my anxiety is a little bit different. Um, I don't know that I, I liked in the beginning how they did like the wobbly camera, the kind of slow down effect. Um, but overall, I think they did a really great job, uh, when she's on the cliff and he's going down there and she wants to follow him and she can't, that to me is perfect anxiety. Like you want to do something, but your, your body just won't let you. Um, I thought that was wonderful. Again, she's on the cliff side. It looks like she's about to fall into the ocean. Yeah. I mean, that scene was very dramatic and beautifully shot again. Again, her hair is just dripping wet from the misty, foggy rain. And yeah, they did an awesome job with this. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because you say you didn't connect because you don't experience anxiety in that way, right. um, which is important to touch on because I think people experience their own anxiety in different ways. Yeah. Um, and there are, you know, different severities and things like that. So, um, this one was very specific to this character where she kind of like everything sort of falls away and she, it just kind of like zones in on her and she's just thinking about, you know, all the things that are overwhelming her. Um, and what I found really interesting with how they did this was how the music played into this. Music was great. The music was fantastic in this movie. And I found it very, it went hand in hand of like when she experienced her panic attacks. Oh, she did, yeah. It would like, the music would sort of swell into this sort of like eerie, sort of different vibe. Do you know what it reminded me of? I, Doctor Who. Doctor Who, yeah. It totally reminded me of Doctor Who. kidding me, Doctor Who vibes. Huge Doctor Who vibes. I want to know if they maybe did some stuff for Doctor Who, whoever did the score here, because... I don't think so. The music was actually done by Anne Catherine Dern, um, and I don't believe she's worked on Doctor Who. Correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) But, uh, no, the music was fantastic, and I I loved how it 
it was also like a character in the movie really and was. how it really brought out that that feeling of her anxiety and then sort of when it passed then it would sort of like about yep yeah Ebb it just yeah. yeah it was perfect um it was giving me some kind of outlander vibes at times too not with her anxiety but like a different parts of the the movie um so yeah i really enjoyed the music yeah and you know another little quick technical note um you know we haven't talked about the lighting too much here uh, I thought the lighting was pretty good. You know, uh, outdoor shots were done uh, well. The interior shots, not as great as, as last week's movie. You know, last week's movie was just, oh, man, that, whew, I'm still sort of in shock about You're it. You're still but, feeling butterflies um, I got my butterflies. It. I got my butterflies <laughs> for that lighting. Uh, but overall, I thought they did a really nice job here. It's very hard to light when you have huge windows coming in with natural light. You have your interior lights. You know, you're trying to balance. But overall, I commend them. Um, in terms of color grading, Beautiful greens. They did a great job on making sure those greens popped in this film. Um, so overall, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, it definitely, I was, you know, got the spring spring vibe right, of, of yeah, the green. Uh, <laughs> Even though they had jackets and the wind was blowing, yeah. it, still, it still felt but like But you spring. know, the rain, it yeah. rains a lot in the spring. Um, but, you know, even though this movie had a lot of heavy themes of like failed marriages and anxiety, yeah, and it was, it was dyslexia, heavy. grief, like there was, they were tackling a lot in this movie. Um, but there were some really sweet moments in this movie. Yeah. And that's why I'm here to talk about the sweet moments, the romance. Before I talk about the, like, you know, my favorite, like, romantic scenes. Honestly, the romance in this movie was very subtle. I was going to say subtle, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. I kind of wish there was more in it. Mm -hmm. But there there was a lot to this movie. But I still really enjoyed it. And I thought all of the elements worked well. And that, you know, they were important for them to to show in the movie but one of the relationships that i thought was just so sweet was the relationship between daniel's daughter tegan mm -hmm. and joss and there were some of the sweetest scenes with these two together um and my favorite was when she so tegan has trouble with her poetry and because um, they find out that she has dyslexia and Joss is sort of like teaching her how to use the words, but like doing them in a different way. So sort of like act them out with like right. singing or dancing with like movement. And that scene where they're, you know, together and, and Tegan tries it out with her with her little poem. I just I don't know. It melted my heart. And then they're like flying together in the yard and then daniel sees it i just i i don't know i loved their their scenes together i thought they were adorable they really were and tegan is again just such so good for this part like so good yeah um i i mean personally i, I thought that daniel and tegan their scenes together were very heartwarming you know when he's reading her story every night and her room is lit so beautifully you know um but i i love those scenes um you know, actually, speaking of beautifully lit rooms, the reverse of that. The reverse oh, always going back to technical. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention the the awful aqua. So they had like this cyan. You know how they usually do like blue for night. Mm. For whatever reason, they went with like this aqua cyan kind of color that was not moonlight. It it looked awful to me. That was the one big complaint. I had blocked it from my memory. That's why I didn't <laughs> mention it earlier. Uh, but like when she's up at night, it's just blasting through her window. Daniel comes to her house you know, late at night. And again, she opens the door. She's covered in this blue light just all over her. And I know why they're doing it because behind her, they have this orange light and they're trying to, you know, do the contrast there. It's not moonlight. I mean, 
this might be the worst moonlight I've seen. Whoa. I'm, I'm going to put that out there. See, I wasn't like worrying about if it looked like real moonlight or not. I just thought the colors were beautiful. Like I thought the <laughs> night scenes were really, it had like this sort of like, and even the whole movie and you know, they're across the pond. To, right. to me, that is otherworldly because I've never been. But it had this sort of like otherworldly feel. So I think the colors maybe not matching with, you know, reality. Oh, so that's what you're doing. You're defending. Okay. We're, we're okay. I think it worked for this movie. Okay. I, I would disagree, <laughs> but I like how you went there. I think that's, that's very clever of you. Um, but the romance. So it was very subtle. I do wish maybe there were more scenes where they kind of like dived a little deeper into mm -hmm. the relationship between Joss and Daniel, but their, their relationship to me has a great foundation because they kind of, they start relying on each other. Yeah. Like where you can tell they feel really comfortable with each other. He's, you know, asking her to come to Tegan's like school the appointment school thing with huge. her teacher. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, some hand holding. No, she or had hand her, touching. she was like comforting him at the school. Yeah. Uh, it's like they went from like, not knowing each other to like being true love these <laughs> like the rocks for each yeah. other and i thought that was just really sweet it was a different way a different take on the romance in this movie and to me it seemed believable like it wasn't you know i love oh you. i love you yeah but it was like there's something here yeah. and you know she feels some type of way in this in this place with these people and I just, I just thought it was a really um, lovely way to showcase their romance. I agree. I mean, one of my favorite scenes of them is when they go out to the pub mm -hmm. with his friends. And yeah. you can see they're connecting and their friends are looking at each other like, oh, we see what's happening here. Super cute scene. I hate that she left earlier, you know, to, to write her paper. Um, and then, you know, the bookstore, or I say bookstore, like the bookstall, uh, when she's picking out her birthday book and just... I don't know. It's just really, really touching and seeing them interact together. You're right. Now that I think about it, I would have liked a little bit more of them together, but there's just so much here. It's, it's hard to, to have all that there. No, but you, you brought it up. That was one of my, my favorite parts when he takes her the to, the, to the little bookstore. I love like old bookstores and old books. And I remember the smell, the smell of an old bookstore. There's nothing like it. Yeah. To me, you know, if a man takes you to a bookstore, like, that's, yeah. you know, that's like the best kind of man for your birthday. And it's like he just already knew. Like, that's what she would want. Um, and well, he, I mean, come on. It's not that hard to figure out. I mean, you can meet her for five seconds and know that she's into books. <laughs> and, and he says this line uh, at some point uh, that he's like, I'm English. Being a gentleman comes naturally. Yep. That's another great line. You're right. There's some, there's some zingers in here. Um, you know, I, I loved Cornwall. I'm assuming it's shot on location in Cornwall, but it looked, it reminded me of, of Maine. You know, I used to spend my summers up in Maine and just beautiful old fishing village, just like we mentioned before, the fog and everything. But the actual town itself is super cute. When they ate outside, you know, you could see the, the background there. Just really lovely shots here. And, you know, we mentioned it earlier, but when you do a travel film, you want to feel like you're you're there. And they mm -hmm. did a wonderful job of making us feel like we're there. Oh, I definitely felt like I was there. I mean, I wasn't, and I, and I wish I was, but... <laughs> but we, we were there in spirit. <laughs> they did a good job uh, with that for sure. What did you think about the hidden box that her mother had left in the attic that Gran found? Like, what did you think about that scene? Well, you mentioned tears at the, at the beginning <laughs> yes. of the episode. This is where they, they came for me. Yeah, I mean, when she says, when Gran says, you know, her love lives inside you. Like, oh, man. Oh, well, man. That, it was weird. It was like Gran was so harsh toward joss like the whole movie even when she opens the door that night 
Yeah. Like, yeah. she's just like, what are you doing? Like, you're bothering the printer? me. printer? You want to print? She, she's got a lot going on dealing with, like, you know, Daniel trying to redo the farm. Like, that's yeah. like a whole other. The whole windmill thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she's right. He shouldn't put windmills there. But that, you know. He's got to support his daughter. You know, I don't I think know. they're making a lot of money with, with the, the sheep. sheep. <laughs> with no, sheep farming is not sheep. All in 2022. All needs, honestly, all these farmers need is to open up a TikTok or an Instagram. <laughs> Seriously, these farmers make more money doing social media about their daily lives than they do off of farming. Like, it is wild. That would have been a different movie. You're right. Maybe we should write TikTok Should we make farm, this movie? The TikTok, TikTok farmer. farmer. <laughs> no, it, there's like a, a switch in Graham. When she, like, realizes who Joss's mother was, that it was like she real... I don't know if she'd been holding this, like, keeping this from her the whole trip, or yeah. it, all of a sudden it hit her, like wait a minute and so she goes and gets the box that joss's mom left and oh my gosh yeah i was just you know tears flowing flowing down my cheeks um eloise's performance in this scene was phenomenal um you can feel all of the emotion coming back to her as she look she's looking at the the books and uh, the book and the um trinkets book and trinkets the, the, <laughs> She's looking at the the trinkets and, and the old book and she's seeing like her mother's words in the margin. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, and then to see Grand's response to that, that just she just immediately has that like motherly yeah. intuition and just goes to, to grab her and hug her. And yeah, I just thought that was a really sweet moment between those two. I just, I couldn't believe though um, that she gave the book to Tegan. Like that to me was a little unbelievable. Like that's crazy to me, right? Well, I mean, I just, maybe... I just met her. I'm just going to give her this book from my mom with her handwriting. Like that's a, maybe if they, you know, they were married or something and you're passing it along to Tegan. Well, if you remember, they have the scene at the end where she sees her mom on the cliff. Right. And then her mom kind of like disappears. I feel like disappears. It was, I feel like it was like a letting go, letting go. for her. Okay. You know, that it almost like coincided with her anxiety that she's like letting go of all of this stuff from the past. And that was like the whole point is she needs to live in the present. Right. Um, which of course you don't want to let go of the ones that you've lost. Right. But at the same time, I think she kind of knew that she'd be a part of these people's <laughs> lives. So she could, you know, borrow the book back anytime. Yeah. And so I didn't see it as like, you know, that she would, she would never have the book again. It would okay. still be, you know, a part of her. Fair um, and it, and it was, it was also really sweet because it was a way, you know, her mom had dyslexia. And so it was like a way for her to understand the poetry. So she thought that Tegan would get a lot out of it. So it was a very nice gift. Um, oh, it was, it just, it kind of surprised me. <laughs> it surprised me a lot, but. but yeah, very emotional scene. Um, especially, and then, yeah, when we find out that she gives Tegan the book and Tegan reads the poem. Oh, man. Talk about tears. Oh, my gosh. And then Gran has the pictures. Gran helped her with it. Oh, my gosh. man. Try not to weep. Try watching that scene and not weeping. And again, Um, and again, everyone, like, this movie is a really good movie. I'm not saying it's not a great movie. I just don't like to cry. And this movie was a one-two punch with the tears. It just just came at me all all the time. You just don't like connecting with your emotions. That's probably what it is. That's probably what it is. But you you need to. It's very very important that you do. So the poetry reading, super cute, you know, and wasn't expecting that at all. She crushed those kids. I mean, she (laughs) mic dropped on them. I mean, I'm thinking Eminem, 8 Mile. That's what happened with Tegan up there. She mic dropped all all those kids. They can't. That's what you were thinking of. 
Eminem eight mile when you were watching that scene. Yeah, when Tegan came up on stage, I knew yeah. what was about to happen. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, then we we have you know she's getting ready to leave. She's getting ready to go back home, which is weird. She decides that she's not going to go for her tenure anymore. Um, which I mean, we kind of saw coming, you know. But it's this, so the ending part of her kind of shifting gears. It, I, I don't know. It was weird. It was almost. It was almost like she let her anxiety take control in the sense that I'm really anxious about this tenure track. I'm don't want to compete with four other people. It's almost like she to get rid of that anxiety. She said, "I'm not doing it anymore." So to me, it wasn't a real win for her. I'm glad she did it because I think her heart lies elsewhere. Um, but it was just, it was surprising, especially because in, in the beginning, we see how much she loves teaching. You know, she connects with that student in the beginning. They didn't have to have that scene there. But because that scene is there, we see the connection. We see the love that she has for her job. So it was hard for me to like support it, but I kind of did. I, I don't know. Well, she's not quitting her job. She says, I didn't quit my job. Okay. She's just not going for the tenure. And to me, I didn't see it as like she was giving into the anxiety. I felt like it was like her realizing this isn't worth it. Like I can still teach. I can still do what I love. Right. But she was she was in this place, this magical place, like with all of these memories of in the her moonlight. mother. Magical moonlight. <laughs> magical, you know, cyan moonlight yeah. coloring. Um, and she wasn't she she was so wrapped up in trying to do this paper and it was giving her anxiety and it was like she was realizing that. I mean, that's the whole point. Is like she wasn't living in the present. She right. said she's and anything always, could happen. She's always worrying about the past or the future, but never like actually. And work. she says that to him. She says that you're the. You're, I've never met a person who lives so much in the present. Yeah. She says it. Yeah. Look and at you. So he. Look at you. Yeah. That was good. So like he helps her with that, and I think, and I think in turn that helps uh, her with her anxiety because she's not worrying so much about you know what her future holds like she's just going to live in the present and enjoy the now yeah no i, I agree i think you've i think you've sussed it out beautifully thank you um <laughs> but so it's the night before she's leaving right well real quick before this because i think this ties into conflict sure because we don't really have stupid conflict which again thank you for listening to our podcast <laughs> uh and so the conflict really is her leaving that's kind of what happens so go ahead take it take it away well there is some conflict with daniel and his mom but that's you know that's not main character conflict yeah um the the night before she's leaving i i have a bit of a qualm with joss about how she handles this i think you were probably all for it it was beautiful but it was so romantic he says a line he says oh man what did he say he says um he has this line where he says this sounds very 19th century, not very promising. Like, I love that. He knows what's coming. Well, because she says, I, I'd, the, I'd rather end on this. Yeah. And that's why he's like, this. That sounds rather 19th century. Because it's like, he thinks there's going to be more. But she's like, no, because I'm leaving. Like, right. there's no way we could make this work. You live here. I live there. Um, and so she's like, I'd just rather end on this. And then I'm like, this. And she kisses him. Yeah. Which is wonderful. And I, you know, and I enjoyed it. Well, uh, what kind of rating in terms of campfires? Um, well, this was a very gentle kiss. Right. Um, there, de- there were definitely sparks. Sparks, I was going to say. This felt like a sparks, a gentle yes, spark. Yes, a gentle spark. Um, but it was a very nice kiss. I just wish, you know, in all the things that we have, like she decides like she's going to, you know, do all of this. And I feel like, 
you know, he's like, you could stay longer. And yeah. she could. And But she doesn't. So and that, she doesn't even get birthday cake. Like, they were going to go with <laughs> birthday cake. That, to me, is the real tragedy of this film is she doesn't get birthday cake on her birthday with him. Um, um, but I do love that she does go in for the kiss. Because if she hadn't, then I think ooh, that moment would have been would have been worse for me i guess i like it and i don't i wanted i wanted more but i see where she was coming from it, it's very 19th century it's very her yeah. to me it, it fit into her character uh, um, but i love that she's like reciting poetry and she says some line i don't know what poem it's from maybe it's probably wordsworth, wordsworth but uh <laughs> that's all she knows i'm paraphrasing i didn't get the exact quote i should have gone back and rewound i'm sure but i could have googled this it says Stephanie. something like you'll lie in my many thoughts or something like that it's beautiful i mean watch the movie folks quote poetry to me and you know that's I just, yeah, romance and poetry hand in hand. But, you know, Daniel is a romantic. Yes. And he's all, he's living the poetry in this movie. And he, and he goes to the train station and to catch her before she. Good old Grand's like, hey, this is a keeper. Yeah. We thought Grand was the villain. She, you know. She redeems herself. She redeems herself. She had a redemption arc. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah. This this scene, and I've talked about it before. Someone running after someone at an airport train station. Give it to me. Like I love this sort I know of you stuff. Do. As, soon as, I, as soon as I saw what was happening, I'm like, oh my gosh, Seth pure romance. Wild. I said, what better way to end this <laughs> movie than in this way? And it was wonderful. I loved the look she was giving him. I just felt all of the love between these two. Yeah. And then we get a kiss. Now this kiss. It was very romantic. Right. And I'm still, I'm going to rate it Sparks. Okay. Because it wasn't, it didn't need to be Blazing Inferno, though, for right. it to be perfect. I thought it was the perfect kiss for this ending for these two characters. Um, we, didn't, we didn't need an Andrew Walker, Nikki Deloche kind of kiss right here. No, that, that didn't belong in this scene. Um, it was very sweet. It was very romantic. But I definitely felt the Sparks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I loved it. I loved that ending scene. Yeah, I know. I thought it was good, too. I mean, obviously not as much as you, because I know how much of a fan you are, but it wrapped up nicely. I just, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, why? Yes, I I liked it. I mean, part of me is almost like, why even have this? You should have talked to her. Like, you should have convinced her then. But, I mean, they wanted to have some drama. They wanted to have that scene. You need to have it. But I love that he's, like, saying, like, you you need to be living your, like I said, he's living the poetry, but he wants her to be. Like, she loves these poetry. She, like recites these words but like for her to have a chance to live these words and to to have this romance that you know she reads about i just thought i just yeah i loved it i just thought it was a perfect way for them to end it yeah no uh i'm glad you did <laughs> glad you did the thing i'm confused i'm the about, romantic i know so. I'm, it's all in, it's all near it's all near court the thing i'm confused about is a one year later i'm glad we had a one year later to see that they're still together um I just wanted more information. If you give me one year later, I need a little bit more info. I feel like I maybe I missed something here. What did you think about it? I wanted to know a little bit more about what was going on. Yeah, I'm like, is she living there or did she just go for the festival? The festival yeah. Um, she did say she was doing um, adjunct. Uh, she was going to stay and she could, you know, adjunct. So maybe she was doing that in England. Maybe she was teaching in England. Yeah, maybe, but... I didn't, it didn't even bother me that but they it just, didn't. It wasn't as strange as like one year later, and then I have more questions than answers for the one year later. So 
I just wish it would have wrapped up a little bit neater for me. Yeah, but I did I did like that we get to see them later. I and I did love nice. the line that they ended on that he's like, do you want to go for a walk? And she says, always. And I just, yeah, I, I thought it was very sweet. But yeah, I would have maybe liked to know like what exactly is Give me some deets. Spill happening. the tea. Spill the tea, which is, you're supposed to put, you know, loose leaf tea, not the bag as we know. As we yeah. Know. Uh, Grand Grand taught us that, but, uh, but no, I, I agree. Maybe a little bit more information, but I still, I still enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And that was the presence of love. And again, that's presence, not presence. (laughs) This is not a Christmas movie, folks. No. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the movie as much as we did. Please let us know in the comments below. Or are we below or above? Please let us know in the comments (laughs) what you thought of this movie. If you enjoyed this one as much as Stephanie did. Or if you had a problem with the cyan moonlight as much as I did. And again, as a small disclaimer, because I feel like I'm going to get some comments, I like this movie a lot. I think it's a very strong movie. It's just not one that I would like to watch again because I don't want to cry. So I'm just going to leave it leave it there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll probably make you watch it when it's playing. <laughs> You'll sit down. I know you will. But yeah, thanks guys for listening as always. And make sure to leave us a review mm-hmm. or rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And um, yeah, send us messages if you agree with us. If you don't, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you guys very much. All right. See you next time.